Hello and welcome to Rearview, the show where we get to chat to the fascinating people from the motoring universe, learning how they got to where they are today. I'm Andrew and this is episode 13. I'm delighted to say hello and welcome to my guest Lee Walton. I shall move straight on to our chat where Lee is better equipped to introduce himself than I am. Hi there everyone. <laughs> so yeah, I'm Lee Walton and currently I, I I live in Finland and I'm currently a senior lecturer in vehicle design. So that 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 sums it up as close as I can get at the moment. Uh, and uh, yeah, in terms of motoring world, uh, yes, I'm training a new generation of car designers. Uh, but I've done a lot of random things in my life connected to the motoring world, which I guess is the whole point of me being on this podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it, it, one of the one of the big things that uh, I noticed uh, when we first connected on Twitter, which mm. is my only way of connecting with people. Me too. I don't do I don't do other <laughs> social medias, yeah. and I don't get out of the house much, uh, <laughs> things like that. So this is this is my form of contact with the outside world in a fairly safe way, actually. Uh, <laughs> um, is is the fact that you were you are a, a senior design lecturer yeah. and that fascinates me i mean i've i've bothered you quite often <laughs> on twitter to find out about design and stuff and that's mm. something i'd like to explore later on mm. but if if and we can go back in the mists of time to do you remember or have you been told when you first were interested in cars or got into cars yeah it i don't really remember this it's, it's too far ago it's too i i know when i wanted to be a car designer uh and i was 12 years old when i decided that uh but if you go way back the car interest goes much further back than that um and this was this was where i was trying to to listen to other <laughs> other podcast guests to figure out my own, you know, sort of thinking, yeah, I'm like him. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> uh, but, but I think it's more about uh, you couldn't pinpoint a day where I was a petrol head, as it were. Um, but I do remember, I do remember cars, my dad's cars uh, in my life very, very clearly. But, but I think, it's a bit vague because my best memory is, is a photograph, you know, of me sitting in my grandfather's, my granddad's car. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I really have a strong memory of um, my dad is a, obsessed with rugby and uh, always has been, used to play and, and he's still obsessed with it and uh, used to take me to the rugby when I was, uh, I think I would have been around five years old. And... I hated it. <laughs> I didn't want to watch a single minute of it. So what he did, we we used to sit in his Austin Maxi for the entire game uh, and just sit. Because I have a twin brother. Here's another weird fact about me. Well, not that weird. He's just my brother. But 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 so myself and my twin brother, we, we, we sat in this Maxi and took turns to pretend driving it. And mm. as far as I know, I would have been four or five it's one of my earliest memories uh this austin maxi so I, I think that's that's when it started my dad will tell you um but i was into all kinds of things you know i was interested in a lot of things when i was a kid i was really curious curious kid hence being a designer um but the car yeah, that thing... does seem to be one of the <laughs> requisites of yeah. a designer is that you just You've yeah. got an interest in so much, yeah. and it's it's pulling that inspiration, that interest from around, and incorporating them in in designing whatever it is that's being designed. Exactly, you know, if it's if it's applicable, obviously, um, and that's where good design. Ah, yes, I am speaking as a luddite. Here, <laughs> no, you're absolutely that's where right. I feel it is. I feel it is good design is when someone can mm. incorporate it into. Uh, a product and it's unexpected yet it fits and it works it's not shoehorned in and cro you know it's not it's uh, i was gonna say manufactured but it's it's not it, it's not made to fit i i agree with you and absolutely in a professional level um it's something i i uh, what's the word for this? Like nag, I guess is the word <laughs> to my students about um, 
a good designer should be interested in everything. You know, never uh, knowledge is power in that in that area. Mm. Uh, and you know, one thing that well, a good example actually. I I, I very rarely get angry. I'm very very uh, almost too laid back kind of that kind of lecturer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to be friends with my students, and and we're all very very relaxed. Uh, but I get angry about a couple of things, and one is the word hipster. If I hear the word hipster, <laughs> I, I get very upset about that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's often used to describe uh, people that are interested in design and, and, and you know fashion and things progressing, you know, new things. That is very that upsets me <laughs> because I often say, if you're not a hipster, you're not a designer. Get out! Leave now, <laughs> my course, uh, because the, because of do you see the connection there? Like you're saying about the the interest in the world around us. That's my mm. you know, hipsters are just people that are slightly too much so, but they're interested in what's happening currently. I think it's so, a false false demographic as well. Exactly, it's it's a nice. Uh, Twee label to give people. Exactly. We used to call them fashion victims when I was at school. You know, mm. that was the label we had, which meant they they took things a bit too far in following what was happening that day, that week. But you know, a designer yeah. has to be has to be uh, on trend, as we call it in the actual <laughs> profession. It sounds awful, but <laughs> yes, with air quotes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, I resisted doing that. <laughs> so you know, yeah. So, but you mentioned you mentioned uh, that it was you were twelve when you yes had the epiphany, as it were, yeah. and went I, I want to be a designer. Yeah. Do you remember why you Absol- wanted? Uh, of course, absolutely, one hundred percent vivid. <laughs> I know exactly why. So I I spent my childhood uh, drawing airplanes, drawing birds, drawing everything. Uh, I, by the time I was eight, I'd learned every aircraft uh, on the planet by the shape, and the, <laughs> and I could draw them all. Uh, and then I discovered that people didn't design new aircraft. That there was a set amount, you know. A MiG twenty nine is still used now, and and when I was eight, that existed. So I moved on to cars for kind of that reason. I was like, oh, there are new cars every year. Okay, that's that's more interesting. So I can learn new ones every year. And yeah. I remember that process. So I started drawing cars a lot. Uh, I also drew a lot of um, trainers, uh, sneakers mm-hmm. for our US friends. But so, <laughs> so, so I was interested in things that were updated each year. You know, you see where the designer is coming from. And <laughs> so as a kid, I was into that. And then I'll tell you exactly why I decided at 12 years old. I started buying a magazine called Car Magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and in that magazine, they had one article about uh, Coventry, Lanchester Polytechnic Coventry doing, doing car design course. And by an amazing coincidence at a very similar time, I'd been drawing some cars and I sent the, so I can't remember which one of these came first, but it was either the car magazine issue or the fact that I sent a design uh, to Rover. Uh, So I was unhappy when I was 12, believe it or not, I was cocky enough to say I was very deeply disappointed in the new Metro in, 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 let's say, was it 1980? Nine or something? No, 1991. And I'd been re- reading Car Magazine for a few years, and I realized that these things were designed because Car Magazine had mentioned people like Roy Axe, who is head of design at Rover. So at the time, so I sent a letter and a drawing of what I thought the Metro should look like <laughs> to Roy <laughs> Axe. Uh, and I think I just addressed it, Roy Axe, Rover you know, Rover design. So it gets to Roy and, uh, <laughs> and Roy writes back. Good, good, good for Roy. Writes back. Fantastic. Writes back to this 12 year old boy. Uh, and he says, this is really great drawing. I, I like, I like your ideas here. Maybe we should have done this. And he sends the prospectus for Coventry for the course. Uh, and he says, well, you know, this is where you need to go if you want to do this. In future, this is this is where our uh, designers come from and where they train. 
So I, I said, yeah, that's that's what I'm going to do. Roy Axe, designer of the Rover, you know, 200. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he says, this is what I need to do to be a car designer. So off we go. And, uh, the shape, the shaper of careers. That's it. Yeah, not very, just very cars. Simple. And I had, a, <laughs> as I mentioned, I have a twin brother, and uh, he was doing the same thing as me, drawing cars. And we both decided, yeah, let's let's both do that. Let's do that. And uh, I worked my way through school, aiming all of my choices at school, GCSEs, A levels, everything were aimed at going to Coventry, and. When I was 18 and my brother was 18, we, we got accepted to Coventry University. So, fantastic. Oh, you, you didn't do the trick where one of you would sit in the lesson, the other one had the day off. <laughs> <laughs> you, you think so, wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> no, but he did help me. The weird thing about twins, we were very, very similar, similar abilities except for mathematics. I am absolutely awful at mathematics. Uh, at maths and my brother is fantastic at it and let's just say he helped me on the Coventry <laughs> maths exam uh, <laughs> helped and now I am doing the uh, inverted commas <laughs> so uh, um, don't, don't mention that to the tutors but he helped me out a little bit so they, they won't hear this we'll be fine <laughs> we'll be so. fine <laughs> so you know, that's a long time ago <laughs> yes they know Water how, has passed yeah, under bridges yes. and all the rest. They of were it. aware of his maths abilities, <laughs> but there we go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, was the course at Coventry everything you hoped for? No. <laughs> uh, so, was it? Um, what What were you expecting then, and what was the reality? I had no idea. I mean, I was eighteen years old. I honestly had no idea. So, in that sense, uh, yes, it was everything I expected. But at the same time. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't like school. Uh, I, I enjoyed, I mean, I was fascinated listening to Nia, Nia Khan, uh, uh, his podcast with you. He mm -hmm. was one year above me at Coventry oh, and, uh, obviously loads of people. Strangely, I never really got to know Nia, but I knew friends in his, his year group. Um, one of the, he was in a great year group, actually a really awesome group. Uh, well, the cars alone, it sounded quite impressive. Uh, yes. I, I remember his Fiat X19. I never met Nia, but I, I saw his X19 driving around. Absolutely. And there was another guy uh, in the final year who had an X19 also. There were two X19s on that course. Uh, I I had a Skoda, but let's we'll get into that later. Um, and uh, Yeah, let me think about... I would never say it was a bad place to be. I mean, the people you meet and the, and the connections you make and what you learn and what I learned was fantastic. Um, but I didn't really have a, many expectations other than uh, it was the definitive route into car design. And I, and I sort of, that moment when I got in, I thought that was it, that, that life would change after that i mean it did so but as, soon, as soon as you're in you get to the end yeah. and you know jaguar ferrari aston yeah. martin will be there waiting as you collect your um certificate exactly and say, please come this way yes and shape our vehicles please we, we, some of us there well me in particular you you can ask my uh colleagues <laughs> classmates uh i worked very very hard in the first year well no that's not true I, I didn't I didn't work very hard in any year in particular. I have to admit. <laughs> yes, that's 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 really the truth of it. Um I think very close to the end in my fourth year and I stayed on to do a master's degree. Uh basically to make up for my laziness in the other years. I have to admit that. <laughs> so uh yes, a little bit taking things for granted. Um, but yeah, I can, I can go into depth in, if you want me to go through that in a more therapeutic way, if you like. Well, this fun. has been likened to therapy sessions. Yes. So, you know, if yeah. you, if you would like to lie down yeah. on the couch and yeah. I will get my notepad and pen out and we yeah. can start. <laughs> it works for me. I mean, the car, just going through the awful cars I've earned, well, owned, well, <laughs> and I didn't earn any of them. <laughs> so going through that will help a lot too, but Coventry was 
Yes, compl- complicated, complicated. Was there any particular aspect that you really weren't expecting? Because um, uh, when when you mentioned Nier before, mm, but he mentioned mm, he discussed how mm, uh, it was there was quite an element of technical side of it as well. Yes, absolutely. I didn't expect that. I mean, the maths exam, like I say, if it wasn't for my twin brother, I would never have graduated from Coventry. I owe him that. Uh, for for the rest of our lives, um, there was a lot of engineering maths, a lot of engineering lessons. There were a lot of. Uh, they, it's very much. Um, so now I see this from a professional point of view. Obviously, from what I'm doing now, uh, now Coventry was it was a polytechnic. It's an engineering school, mm. so they they spun off into design. So they they're very much historically. Uh, an engineering school that wanted to branch into design, you know, the new the new way of thinking that it matters what a car looks like. Mm. Um, you know, that's oh, are you crazy? No. <laughs> it's uh, we're engineers here, but but there was a there was like a, an icing on the cake kind of situation where the core was engineering. Mm. Um, and I guess as uh, my father will tell you, you know, of the two of us, me and my brother, we both love to draw. But I was the sort of more naturally born artist. So now you can imagine why I was a little bit bohemian type of lazy at school. So, um, so being you really that, embraced it. Yeah, I, I love. I do love art. I love drawing, and and if a drawing uh, takes more than forty five minutes, I'll give up on it. I'm, I'm that kind of artist. Uh, I'm a do you still enjoy drawing now? Yes, I love it. I love it. Uh, you do it just for just for fun, and yeah, I bought. A, I've got my notes here, and I've got a pencil that I'll. You know, if you start to bore me, I'll, I'll be drawing cars. <laughs> <laughs> the pencil has remained on the desk. Don't worry, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. <laughs> but yes, I, I I do love to sketch. Uh, I love to paint when I can. Uh, professionally, it's very very rare. I get to time and and the chance to do it but it's more the the immediacy of the art and 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 the calculations of engineering and and the stuff of Coventry I was really shocked by this uh and my well most Coventry guys will tell you this but the best part of Coventry is when you get uh a chance to do an internship at a design studio and mm. uh that was without a doubt the best part um yeah did that open your eyes uh, a lot or was uh coventry's course constructed in such a way that it wasn't a major shock to the system because i i Mm. used to work in architectural Mm. practices and we would get um part one, part two, and part three students would come in. Yeah. And sometimes, depending on where they had been to uni, the part ones would spend the first week or two walking around with the jaws on the ground <laughs> going, yeah. what, what, you have to worry about yeah. number of doors and, <laughs> you know, where the, I'm now doing a, mm door furniture schedules where I'm mm. saying, you know, these doors will have this handle mm. and these doors will have that. that. That's not what I got into architecture for. I got into <laughs> to sketch and, yeah. you know, do the scribble that someone else makes yeah. happen. Yeah. So uh, was Coventry's... Every, everybody's, ex- everybody's experience is different because it depends on the internship. Now, I was very, very lucky that I was chosen by Peugeot. Peugeot, mm-hmm. as we say in France. But, uh, so I, I was really lucky to go to Peugeot Studio in in Paris. Uh, and, you know, this was a... I'd never... I'd only ever been abroad once ever in my life. I'd never been on a plane. Uh, and suddenly I had to go live in Paris. Uh, and, and uh, uh, you know, at, at an avant-garde, uh, a PSA studio and... The weird thing about it was I was overprepared. So so the best way of describing it is Coventry is a great – you didn't realize at the time, but I arrived there. And the first day I, I start drawing cars. I was pretty nervous, but I start drawing some cars. So I was there specifically uh, to work on the Peugeot 407. Mm-hmm. So the 406 was the current car, uh, we were told. So uh, you'll be designing Katzel Sit. sit. And uh, 
just from the beginning. Uh, so I started drawing cars uh, that looked like Peugeots and had four wheels. And Coventry had prepared me well. I drew lots of really nice drawings of cars, uh, I thought. And the boss came in, Vahe uh, Boldukie, <laughs> uh, who was the current uh, one of the chief designers there at the time. But he comes in, uh, looks over my uh, drawings. He's from, uh, he's not French, he's from, uh, I think, from Israel originally. And he just says, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, so he says, why are you drawing cars? And... <laughs> Well, yes. well um, you, know, you should well, mention that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Looks so at building. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm still quite young and naive and say, well, we, we're in the Peugeot <laughs> design studio. <laughs> uh, say, no, 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 no. We don't, don't draw cars. Cars are the easy bit. Cars will come later in the project. So draw anything, anything you like. This is, this is the beginning. Go crazy. Oh, draw anything. Wow. Wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... So Coventry, in a way, being a car design, vehicle design course, I was, for that particular studio, I was over-prepared. Mm. Uh, and he said, yeah, he kind of said, yeah, everyone from Coventry is like this, like, no, 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 free your mind, you know. And and that was fantastic for me. I, I loved that. It was, mm. it was yeah. very difficult. It sounds to like do. it was perfect. It was really, it was really great. And uh, he was right. We, we do crazy stuff. Uh, I remember being, you know, I was a big sci-fi fan and, uh, you know, I was thinking Blade Runner and uh, Aliens and I was, I was drawing mm. Aliens and I was drawing, uh, trying to practice crazy stuff like that. And uh, it was, it was really nice. And we, and we came up with a concept. Uh, each, each of the students there uh, came up with the fifth scale model and we were pitching against all the other Peugeot designers. So it was good fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, did you get to see what uh, design or what what sketches mm. were originally the inspiration for the final model? Did, could Not you so see much. A, uh, a, a thread all the way yes, through, or were you bit. involved that long? Not involved that long. So we were there uh, because of laws and things at the time. Only three months. So I was allowed to be in France. Uh, and unlike a lot of internships, so some of my friends that went to uh, Rover Studio or uh, Renault or uh, one of one of the guys went to Volkswagen, you know, we, we went off all around the world. But unfortunately, Peugeot decided for security reasons we were in a separate room to the main designer. So we were only students in this room, slightly oh, okay. separate, which was a shame. But we had a lot of help from uh, Eric Berthet, Berthet, I think his name was, uh, and Vahe, they would come in now and again, but we were in a separate room for security reasons. But we were uh, at the beginning on the same level of proposals for that project. With everybody, we had a fair chance of, of winning our of our design winning through. Um, what I did see, what I could explain is, uh, so Eric was favorite favorite designer at Persia at the time, which is why. He was given the job of looking after us students. Uh, Eric had just designed the 206. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, this car saved the company, right? It saved Peugeot. This was, mm. I mean, all new car, all small cars look like a 206 now, right? And, and <laughs> Eric did this. He was the first to do it. He's amazing, amazing talent. Uh, and so he was the favorite guy. So we could see how that was working it was, it was quite political but he was a he was the golden boy at the time there uh and uh they loved his designs basically we were always up against eric and the <laughs> boss would you know we'd have like 10 fifth scales eric was so great he'd always do two or three i did one you know in, in a few months it was difficult for me but he did he did two or three in a day it was crazy and uh uh yeah they just choose his basically <laughs> always um <laughs> But a very, very uh, gifted guy. Great story about Eric. And another thing that completely opened my eyes about car design. Eric does, didn't have any uh, qualifications. He didn't have a degree from any of the famous universities in car design. Uh, he couldn't draw at all. He was awful at sketching. 
Uh, no, Eric, Eric came from the modeling shop in Persia. He was a modeler. He did. Oh, okay. he, he was just a workshop guy, effectively. Uh, finished off models, painted them for other designers. And one day he said, I want to be a designer. I've got lots of ideas. Let me Let me shape something. And Eric always worked by... He did some rough sketches very, very quickly, uh, but he just got a block of foam. We used polystyrene. He 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 loved it because it was so fast. Uh, and he got a wire brush and a block of polystyrene, and he'd just hack at it. And, and an hour later, he'd have a fifth-scale Peugeot model. And, and he'd do like two or three of those in a day. Mm. Amazing guy. So that uh, was his his medium was a model was, yes, was yeah, sculpting so pretty much directly basically. into sculpting yeah and he'd done God, the two six amazing way to visualize them and his ideas were because he's got it he's got he's got to have that all in his head and he I mean did, I know you do if you draw yeah, on paper but it's yeah. easier to craft exactly on paper than it is mm. I've just got this block and it's now 3D. I, have to, I have to understand it, that it's, I'm, yeah it's I'm taking three this dimension off here and, already in his head and and wow. the, the most amazing thing about Eric was. If he did sketch or, or do these models, each one would be completely different. Nothing like the other. It was incredible. I, I spent months drawing and drawing and drawing. Uh, and I had this one model and I was really proud of it. And uh, Gerard Welter was the boss at the time. And uh, Monsieur Peugeot, because it's a family business, he judged everything at the end. And, and the verdict on my model was, it looks like a Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm British, right? So, the, 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 you know, the, the the DNA of my blood came through, uh, and because uh, we had we had an American student there, and his looked like a Cadillac, <laughs> and, and and the French student uh, Vincent, his looked like a Renault, and uh, mm. I think he works at Renault. <laughs> so it, it's fun to see how it works like that. And, and but Eric, I mean, wow, just tons of crazy different ideas, uh, and. So the long, that's a long version to say that essentially I think the final 407 is a lot of Eric, a lot of his design in it. Uh, he did the 607 also. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he was very much the favorite and, and uh, the 407 is quite a lot of him in it. Um, but I, I can see, I, I think, no, I, I hate to think that I'm blowing my own trumpet, but... But I think all of the students, all of the designers that worked on that project, you can see parts of it in there. I mean, I think this happens with every every car design project. Um, that's why we have multiple options, you know, because all of them it's feed in. It's very much a collaborative thing then. It's not yeah, I think one it's more, person doing their, in the end saying, it, this is it, now yeah. go and make it look yeah, like it'll work in the real world. Yes. Minions, off you go. It's not that. It's it's it's, it's it definitely is. collaborative, but it's but it's also kind of um, subconscious. You know, you work around these people, and it and it, it the the look of other people's stuff kind of it's very intense atmosphere. I think I would say in a in a secret, closed off design studio, you're not allowed to talk to anyone. No one else sees your work. It's a very close knit community any car design studio and i think i think the again thinking as an artist here the the sort of feeling and, and imagery rubs off on each other and uh so it's collaborative by accident <laughs> even mm. if it's competitive by design because it is competitive in business where uh, there will be 10 proposals and only one wins but in the end uh all of them influence each other uh that that just happens. So it's it, when you see when I saw the four hundred seven, um, incredible that I was there in nineteen ninety eight working on this, uh, and it it was released in something like two thousand and three or something, wasn't it? A long time mm. after that. Um, so you know it's a long process, and, and but you see a little bit, a little hidden. I like to think. I mean, the, the, one of the things I I worked on on the front of my idea was uh you know the face hugger from aliens yes uh, so the front end if you look at the a pillar flowing into the bonnet into the grill uh my concept had this kind of uh the grill is the is the face hugger 
mm-hmm. and then and then its two arms go up over the A-pillars. Oh, right. Be- yeah, because yeah. my boss had been telling me to draw other stuff, so I, I was literally sat around drawing Geiger aliens, mm. and uh, that kind of fed into my design. And I always wonder, I wonder, is the 407 in any way, you know, got a hint of that thing that I did there in it? But my design is was nothing like the 407 in the end. But but that A pillar, I, I always think. Mm, that could that could have been me helping out a little bit. A little bit of me, though, mm, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe one day. One day, I'd love to know. <laughs> okay, we go. Okay, so so you've done your um, you've done your wonderful time at Peugeot, where yeah, you just yeah. had this amazing experience. Yeah, you've, it was you've, pretty cool. An eye-opening experience, mm, frankly. Mm. Uh, you've completed your degree. You said you went on to do a master's, then. I did, yes, and and yes, this relates back to Peugeot because. Because uh, one strange thing about that experience was drawing cars for three months every day, I got really bored. And uh, I started to doubt this, you know, something I'd dreamed of doing all my life. Mm. And I was actually doing it, you know, 10 hours a day. And that gets to you in the end. You realize, oh, it's just a job. Mm. Um And the other reason uh, I think my life changed was when Eric asked me, <laughs> about the 206 so we just had the presentation of 206 uh and this is a lesson i teach all of my students <laughs> so we just had a we just been presented the 206 now the, you're talking about a very radical design uh, and i hated it when i saw it <laughs> absolutely hated it my my favorite car was punto or you know maybe even fit panda the original you know very mm. utilitarian the 206 changed that because it gave us all the power bulges and muscles and things on a small car. Crazy, but, you know. So I, he, he, Eric walks up to each of us. Uh, what do you think? You know, what do you think of my 206? And I, as a very naive and arrogant student, said, I don't like it. <laughs> and uh, his face, oh, the, the daggers from this guy. Uh, and <laughs> so... Because the normal, the normal thing that tends to happen at, at Coventry is your internship is where you go to work. You know, you mm-hmm. build a relationship and you go work there. Uh, Peugeot didn't want me back. <laughs> really? Really? Yes. Don't, mm. I called and okay. called and mm, I wonder why. Could it be that I told their favorite designer who saved the company <laughs> that I didn't like his design? I strongly suspect there was a there was an element of that. <laughs> there, there may have been the connection. Um, Who can tell? <laughs> and I, the, the 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 funny thing was that, that that he didn't speak very good English, and I didn't speak very good French. So what I was trying to say was, it's not what I would design, but it is absolutely brilliant. And and I was really clear about this to in English, but it didn't mm. come across because. The moment I saw the 206, I knew it was going to save Persia. I knew it would be the number one seller in Europe. But I hated it. It's like there was a difficult thing to explain. So I said, I tried to say, I don't like it, but the public will love it. And that's what matters. (laughs) Yeah. Why does my opinion matter? That's something I do want to explore later on. Yeah, good, good. Uh, Is is definitely the, the whole. Um, what a designer looks for exactly. compared to what you think exactly. the public like. Because, I mean, we've had some we, recent cars revealed, mm-hmm. um, the LA Motor Show, where there was very much two camps between mm-hmm. designers I follow on Twitter who <laughs> were going, at best, were going, nah, <laughs> at one particular We design, always do that. To that's appalling and then then you had sort of the general public and the more yeah. clickbaity websites saying yeah. this is brilliant it'll be fantastic you can yeah. just tell by looking at it look how fast it is standing still oh, and all God, those sort of cliches one, but, oh good yeah <laughs> um yeah. so yeah i mean that oh, love, i could talk all what, night what? about that <laughs> okay this, this is a question i i definitely have for you is yeah when as a professional, mm. what are you looking for in a car design we, to make you yeah, think yeah. that's that's good? Is it 
the brief? Is it what it's aimed at? Is it you know what what's what are the uh, probably combination of mm, elements mm. that you consider that that will make you say, mm. oh, that car is mm. a good execution, and yeah. that one that looks very close to the same thing is a poor execution. Ah, no, no you touched on a very designer word there, execution. So. Uh, that confuses. See, me. I followed so many yeah. of you on Twitter recently. You're, you're picking the lingo up. You're picking the lingo up. So, so execution is is a completely different assessment of a design. So we have to leave that for the side for now because mm-hmm. that's different. That's that's like uh, that's that's production engineer. That's very engineering based point of view. So we have to leave that aside a little bit. Okay. Uh, actually, you have to. So this is why I love my job currently, because I basically prattle on about this all day to my students and bore <laughs> them to death. But because um, I, I did it anyway before I became a lecturer, I asked my wife. So no, she's, no, very, you paid to do it. she's very glad I speak about it in other places. So um, <laughs> Give us some respite. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I have to rewind and go right back to the fundamentals of the question here, which is, um, yeah, sort of what's the difference between a member of the public and a designer uh, and it's not about what we look for it's 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 the frame of mind we have to be in so something very clear i mean this is the what opened my eyes about how long it took the 407 to appear when i when i'd worked on it so we're talking seven years or so from the day that i was given a blank sheet of paper so car designers live in the future Okay, so every day for a car designer right now, it's 2023 at least okay. uh, because of the amount of time it takes to get a car into production. So the, the minimum might be two, three years if you're Toyota or some startup. But So maybe it's 2020 to you right now if you're a car designer. So it's not 2016. Do you, do you see where I'm starting this yep. path? So you live in 2016, right? <laughs> that's that's your life. Mm-hmm. Um, some people live a little bit further back than that, like Donald Trump, but um, let's not go down <laughs> that path. But so, <laughs> so car designers live in the future. Uh, so we judge everything on that year. Do you see what I mean? So we're sat around yeah. designing, thinking about 2020 something, maybe 2030 we have to think about a lot. Um, so everything now is old fashioned. And when a car comes out and it looks now, this is where you get the divergence. So uh, another designer word. So uh, this is where you get that split. So when a car like the Alfa Romeo SUV comes out, the Stelvio, it's very now, it's very current. Uh, so the public love it. Oh, that's just what I wanted. That's what I wanted last year. It's what I wanted in 2014. It's so late. Why didn't they do it? Mm. You know, it's it's basically 2015, 2014 kind of era design. Uh, and designers are way ahead of that. You know, we're 10 years ahead of that. We have to be, uh, it's, it's not to show off or anything. It's just, that's just the way it has to be. We have to, we have to get our heads around a different scenario. So uh, it looks really old to us. And it, it just looks like, oh, yeah. Mm. Nah, that's when you get the, yeah. And, uh, mm. you know because it's nothing interesting to us uh it's it's old news yeah so you get that level of disinterest from car designers of current things because those current things were designed many years ago uh and alpha you know that's been a rushed project so it wasn't that many years ago so again you get a double if you know if you start to learn when it was designed so the Alpha was quite recently, actually, because they've been in a real hurry. And yeah. then you look at it and think, well, that's what people were drawing on paper, you know, four years ago. Then it's really meh. You know, it starts to get kind of, come on, Alpha, you know, push it a little bit. Yeah. So that's the beginning of the argument where you see the divergence between car designers and ordinary people. You know, we're ordinary people too, but we but we live in a different kind of zone of of thinking yeah or we try to and and then you can go down another path of uh how i always put it is 
car design is too good. Car design is is on a level where the public, where they don't, where it doesn't need to be. We're we're, we're a little bit obsessed with it, you know. Car designers. When you are, say we, uh, we as car in designers. designers. Car designers or are. We little, as in the public. No, no, car designers. I hate to say it. Sorry to my friends out there, but we we can be a little bit up our own rear end, you know. We can be a little bit so into it that we put too much effort into it, if that makes sense. You know, so what, what do you mean by too much effort into so it? Then? My, my favourite example, and I've had some discussions with stu- one, of, one of my students about this, was, do you know what the Weissmann Roadster is? Uh, it's a German, like, plastic... V8. It's. Have you seen this? It looks a bit. I like, think so. I think. I think it's been on. Uh, yeah. Old new top gear. Yes. Look. look I think they up. had it on that. So it's basically a plastic Austin Healey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know the one. Small. Small headlights. Yeah. It's like a cross between a '90s TVR and a '60s Austin Healey. Mm. Uh, yeah, I know the one. Now ask a car designer what they think about that car, um, and you will not find a car designer that likes that design of that car. It's absolutely terrible. It's, it's, it's one of the worst pieces of styling you can find, but many, many members of the public love that car. And, and the difference between a Weissmann Roadster and for example, let's think of another convertible, very long bonnet, uh, something like a BMW Z4. Mm-hmm. To a car designer, those are two completely different things. You know, Z4, good design. The original is, the first Z4 is one of the best uh, Roadster designs ever. The Weissman Roadster is one of the worst. But to the members of the public, a lot of them would rather the Weissman. Uh, and, that's what I mean. It gets very, very complicated to explain the difference. Is, do you think a lot of that is because uh, the buying punter mm. is is quite conservative with a small c? It's it's partly that, but now now we can get onto your other word you brought up, execution. So now this is where the car designers are on a level where they don't necessarily need to be in the. The level of execution we we push for is is Ron Dennis level, right? You know, uh, polishing the whole package. We've got to look at absolutely yeah, every but, but I mean Ron Dennis element. OCD level, you yeah. know, where he polishes his white tiles in his in his workshops. You know, oh, okay, uh, <laughs> that's that's what a Z four represents in design. Uh, okay, there's a couple of mistakes on that on purpose on purpose no <laughs> and uh, a Weissman has many mistakes on it and, it and it has large panel gaps and it has uh cheap cheap rear lights that they took from a bus or it, it has a a roof mechanism that looks like a kid's pram you know uh it's execution okay so a Weissman is a very bad level of execution. Um, but if you get in it and drive it, it goes like off a shovel, right? So <laughs> who cares? And it's got a bellowing V8. So the public don't really care. Um, and uh, you see this a lot, especially in the hypercar kind of era. Uh, if it, like a Koenigsegg is another one that, that you know, Koenigsegg have only really hit the stride in terms of design with the Regera. Every other Koenigsegg is kind of rubbish car design. It's it's kind of not good. It's it's a brilliantly executed piece of engineering, but the styling is poor on Koenigseggs, which is I know so that's why controversial. Would you say, why would you say the uh, the styling is poor there? Because again to a Luddite like myself, yeah. uh, it it, it yeah. looks it looks like there could at any moment panels could open and rocket yes. launchers could come out of it yes. and stuff like that. You know, yeah. it, it looks like what a, a supercar stroke hypercar should yeah. be, what? which is a bit mad. Mm. Mm. That, that's what we've grown up to believe now from the 80s yes. onwards is so, they are no longer this 
gorgeous, oh, beautiful creature. This is fun. This say is fun. from Lamborghini Mura <laughs> yeah, through yeah. to now, where it ah, is but again, lots but, of slashes, swoops, yeah. angles. But the, but the um, thing thing is, I can already hear in some of your words you're using that. Sorry to. I'm not trying to attack you. I'm feeling like no, a no, te- no, no, I'm feeling no, no, like no. a teacher here now. No, no, that's fine. That's why I'm asking the questions. I don't know. Yeah. That's, I want to know. So, so some of the words you're using are actually describing the brand, and they're actually describing the the performance. So, uh, a car designer, in in essence, the job is a lot of styling. It's it, it's removed from that. So, not from the brand, but from the engineering. So. Uh, if a Koenigsegg uh, had a top speed of 100 co- uh, miles per hour, or 80 miles per hour, is it still an astonishing piece of design? Arguably, no, for, from my point of view. Because, again, this is where you're talking about uh, looking fast when it's sitting still and all of this. So the original Koenigseggs were quite heavy looking. Uh I, incredibly ironic, considering they weigh about a thousand kilograms right, or nine hundred kilograms or something. So, what we call heavy looking to a car designer is it's incredibly complex thing. To it's about surface tension, which is really really uh, hard to explain without me showing you <laughs> <laughs> through the medium of an audio with podcast. A, yeah, I need to sketch <laughs> audio. So so. Um, <laughs> How do I explain this? Like a, if you get a balloon and you fill yeah. it with porridge uh, and hold it up, or maybe jello or something, the bottom of the balloon will stretch out. Yeah. And the balloon will be rounded and curvy, and you could probably, but it, but it's quite heavy, and and the curve the curve might be quite slow is that i'm sounding more like yeah it's, well it's, so, it's it's over exaggerated and it's yeah. it's been um it, it it's not the typical shape you would expect for example from a balloon if it was air yeah and then and, and then for example if i uh showed you a concord or or if i took a, a, a let me think like a if you if you wrapped a piece of string around something uh, looped it over a, a high uh, pylon and pulled on it, you get tension, right? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's about length, it's about tautness of the line. Yeah. Uh, original Koenigsegg really failed on that. It didn't have very many uh, tense lines on it. Okay. And, so, and I, another, no, I know where you're coming from now. So yeah. another reason it didn't was if you look at it in plan shape, plan shape, the top view, looking right down mm-hmm. on it, as we call it, that's where Koenigsegg were failing. And it's because an engineer designed it just like a Le Mans car, where it's just a square. From the top, it's a square. <laughs> and, uh, and and that gives it a really short front overhang. And, and to get there from over a wheel, you have to drop down really vertically. Mm. And do you get the idea that if, you're, if, you, if a line is traveling over a wheel, and we're talking about a line here, the top of the wing, if it has to drop down vertically, it drops down like a heavy weight, right? Imagine the yeah. line. It's as though you've got a pen. You've yeah. got a, you've got a, um, a, a, exactly. a pendulum weight on the yeah. end of it. On, it a, will, on a piece of gravity string, will take it and, a much yes. sharper drop than if you were, as you said, stretching it yes. out. So it's the difference between dropping a lead weight on a line vertically that's heavy mm. and fly fishing, right? You flick. Mm-hmm. So good car design is more like fly fishing, right? So it's whipping out a line, and the lines continue off of the car. And that's where Koenigsegg have only just got the hang of that with the Regera. Look at the back of the Regera. The lines continue off of the car into infinity. Mm -hmm. That's speed. That's good car design. So we're a little bit obsessed with that stuff. So when we see, like, the new Alfa Stelvio, the front end you you picked up on this is very flat and and vertical, so mm. you get that lack of you know speed. It's dropping straight down. That's normal. But that seems that. to be there, um, and, and we're not particularly picking on Alpha here. But it's just mm. that that's a, a very current 
yeah. um, model that's come out that people yeah. have made lots of comments, yeah. both sides of the argument on this. Yeah. Um, but that seems to be their their current um, design language uh, yes. for the, the front end is to be very yeah. vertical and yes. very stubby-nosed yeah. look. It's to do with the, with... with the massive um, yeah, proportion. bit in the middle. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's proportions. It's, it's using BMW as a guide to very short front overhang, long rear overhang reminds us that it's got a, a longitudinal engine. Um, and it's a bit basic, you know, and, and the reason an Alpha 159 had a really long front overhang is basically because it had a wide V6 in, in, in transverse. So it's an engineering reason, but, mm. that, but that's been around a long time. So the change has been quite a shock to us in Alpha. Uh, and usually we try and soften the, again, this thing about designers live in the future. And, and often what we try and do is um, soften the impact. You know, we try not to, it's it's the whole point of concept cars. We we prepare you, <laughs> the public, with a concept. Yeah. And people think they're a waste of time. But what we're doing is saying, in the next five years, this is what our cars are going to look like. So we're going to shock you now and get you used to it. And then when the real thing comes out, you'll be less afraid of it. You'll be more. Well, yeah, because I'm, I'm on that note. I'm uh, waiting to see the new discovery. Mm. Uh, Defender, sorry. Oh yes, because yeah. because they've mm. the, Land Rover went through yeah. a big period of showing us quite a few different designs, yeah. and then they went silent. Yes. And they've been silent since. Yeah. So when we get the final thing, yeah. there's probably going to be quite a few elements of what we've already seen. Yes, it will be quite familiar. But and, that, and the problem is you're going to have, whatever they come out with, yeah. they will be lambasted by some Damned damn if you do and damned if you don't. So yeah. if you don't prepare people with a concept, you just get criticised unbelievably, like BMW, like Bangle, 7 Series and... He tried, but... but okay, because no, I, I wanted to ask you this as well. Okay. Bangle. Yeah. Uh, My hero. The greatest car designer. I was going to ask, hero or lived. villain? Hero, hero. Greatest car designer um, ever. Why Why do you say that? Because of the balls on the guy, basically. <laughs> you, you, the, 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 the thinking behind it and the way that he uh, restructured how his teams worked, the way he tried to connect engineering and design, the way he got his... Uh, uh, designers to, and engineers to talk to each other and the way that he uh, pushed the management very conservative family business to go for this crazy idea I mean Fiat Coupe also one, my, one of my favourite, Fiat Coupe is the reason I'm a car designer because you know uh, Roy Axe put, put him in on the path in 1991 or two. 1993, I saw the Fiat Coupe and just thought, if that's possible, anything's possible. I want to be in that profession where a Fiat Coupe is possible. It's well, I was I was out with uh, Alan, my podcasting partner, <laughs> mm. um, on the other show uh, last week, and we mm. were just swapping over driving. Uh, yeah. He was driving the vehicle. And a Fiat Coupe went past oh. and we both stopped in the middle of the road. Exactly. So we could have been run over, <laughs> turned to yeah. watch it go past. It was just because you don't see them now and yeah. you just go, that, and the man, yes. he blipped his throttle as he changed <laughs> down and zoomed around the corner and yeah. he felt like applauding. And, that's, and just applauding, yeah. going, well done, sir. You, you've, done, you've done a great thing there. One, you are running that as a daily driver. <laughs> risky. And two, you are driving it properly. Yeah, I, I need one of those. I need one. And, uh, so Fiat Coupe, you know, underneath it's a piece of junk typo, isn't it? Uh, but but Brangle sold the dream. And this is what Brangle brought to us. But also, don't forget... Uh, so So for you, it's not just the... Uh, "Quote unquote brave design." It's everything about it, but it's the it's the other stuff that mm. most people won't mm. know about in the background that helped mm. to shake up yes. car design for the for the industry. Yeah. By the sounds of it, he, he took, for example, he took what was widely regarded as a negative thing: uh, legislation about bonnet height. So the bonnet had to go up. The bonnet has to have a gap between the engine. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody, oh. Oh dear, you know, the, oh, this is a bad thing. We can't make good cars with this restriction. 
and Bangle took that and, and, and made it a positive thing. You know, the, the whole swage shoulder thing around the bonnet of, a, of his first five series, you know, disguised that whole height. And he made it a feature and made it a negative surface that flows into the lights and the, the headlight. Oh, he just took every negative and, and made it into a, uh, a, a brand new, fascinating, exciting feature. And every single company has copied it since that. You look at any, Do you think he'll get duly recognised? <laughs> he has been duly recognised in uh, the car design world. So he, he's... Do you think the, the motoring press, though, will... He doesn't care about the motoring press. I know he doesn't, but the way to educate the rest of us mm. is through the motoring press to a certain yeah. degree. I, I know what you mean. I was... Because, you know, yeah. when it I... first came out, yeah. I go back to the small cons- yeah. small C conservative. Yeah. There was lots of, oh, look what's happened. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. throwing up of hands and, oh, mm. change is bad, change is mm. bad. Um, but when you, when you listen to someone like yourself mm. explain... Mm. what he's done, why he did it, he saved and then the you can industry. appreciate it. <laughs> he didn't just save BMW, he saved the entire car, you know, sort of styling as it is, or saved everything. We have interesting cars because of him. Um, and it's a harsh thing to say because I, I, I mean, everything I know comes from car magazine and, and uh, motoring journalism. I, I, I owe my entire career to buying a car magazine in 1988 when I was, what, 11. Uh, and all my knowledge, I, I, I absolutely love car journalism. But they never understood Bangle. And that's a shame. And there's some really knowledgeable people out there in, in the magazine world. <laughs> I owe them a lot. Um, but it's a shame. A lot, a lot didn't get the Bangle thing. Uh, because too revolutionary at yeah, the time. Yeah, because you need him right there in front it, of you. Because by the sound of it, it needed to be that revolutionary. It, we needed it. BMW needed it, and I mean they're they're still living off of that change. Then they're, they're, they're quite rightly they don't need to revolutionise anything right now, apart from the i brand. But uh, again, BMW eyes wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Bangle. I mean, he set them on that path too. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, crossovers, I know, controversial thing. None of those would exist if it wasn't for Bangle. Uh, you know, arguably the first crossover concept was the BMW really small X Coupe thing uh, that came from a think tank at BMW. Uh, it's yeah, the, th- the things. Another great. For, did you know this fact about BMW Bangle uh, history? Do you know what the BMW Gina is? No. Ah, okay, cool. Uh, actually, we can end that there. All we, every listener needs to Google BMW Gina, G-I-N-A. And this is the most important concept car of, of the 21st century, probably. Uh, and you need to look it up because that's where everything comes from for current trend in car design. We've, we've yet to see the next trend, but that the, the Gina concept is where it all comes from. And the fascinating fact about Gina is, I can't remember exactly when it was launched at, at, a, at a show, like publicly revealed, but it was designed something like six or seven years before that. And Bangle, in his expertise, knew that it was too soon. And he waited and he waited and he waited. It influenced internally, but they kept it a completely finished concept car, but they kept it internal for many, many years until they thought they could risk kind of <laughs> revealing it because they knew it was the game changer. So, well, Wikipedia says yeah. um, that construction began in 2001. That's it, yeah, 2001. But it was revealed in when? Uh, that I am trying to find now. I think it's 2004 at the earliest, maybe later. Might be much later than that. Um, I'm seeing a YouTube from 2008, but... That's that's it. See, I think it was maybe even 2008. Yeah, 2008, June 2008. And he, it, was, it, was, it was begun in 2001, it was finished in 2001. It's only a concert car, it doesn't take that long. Mm. And he knew this changes everything. 
and we will work from this. Z4 came from that. Five series, everything came. From oh yeah, that. I mean, I can see the I can yeah. see the Z4 directly from that. Yeah, and uh, the most important concept car ever in or in current era. Before that, you know, the Italians tended to produce the important ones, but uh, Gina is the one. Okay, well, there'll be a link in the show notes to that, so <laughs> oh, everybody cool, can click cool. on the link yeah. uh, and can see stuff about that. They'll have the BMW this is turning, design works. This stuff. is turning into pretty much my course. You're getting it for, for, <laughs> in a very condensed version. So, <laughs> But, yeah, Gina. And this week's show ends here, as our chat was wonderfully long. Next week will be part two, where we get to delve into his sometimes murky car and ship past, amongst other things. Thanks once again to Lee for coming on Rear View and chatting to me. I hope you found this first part as fascinating as I have. If you want to suggest someone who you think we should talk to on this show, please do get in touch. If you use the hashtag RearViewPod, we'll be guaranteed to see it in Motoring Podcast Towers. To get in touch with me directly, search for Crack Windscreen on Twitter. And if you like to keep up to date with motoring news and opinions, go try out the sister show, which is the Motoring Podcast. I'd like to thank you for listening and ask that you go leave a rating and review on iTunes. Not only does it make me feel very happy, which I know you are desperate to make sure is a constant occurrence, but it also helps others find out this show as well. So until next time, that was Lee Walton, I've been Andrew Clues, and safe motoring.